Hey everybody, um, hopefully you can hear this, if it pops up eventually on the screen. Hello there guys, hopefully you can hear this. going to try to do this as quickly as possible, I wanted to do it earlier, but got got my mind on other things. But yeah, welcome to, uh, basically, as I try to find my remote here, there it is, to... Topics on my mind, yes. Welcome to this live edition of Topics on My Mind, yes. You know, welcome to this, you know, live edition of Topics on My Mind for today, the 24th. So at the 24th of March. Uh, 2023 is I'm gonna test something here but yeah welcome guys hopefully you can hear me I'm pretty sure you can but yeah welcome um, and as you could tell this is more audio and any and everything but if you can see it on the screen those are the topics we're going to talk about and I don't know if I'm going to be able to read off the entire thing on CM Punk I might do a separate video reading that off or even link you to um, to Alex, just Alex, um, and you can check him out there if you want to. Um, but anyway, but anyway, yeah, these are the topics we're going to be talking about. At least I'm going to be talking about um, uh, right now. You know, these are going to be the topics uh, I'm going to discuss and all that. So, again, hopefully you guys can hear me and are watching. It'd be really, really appreciative if you are watching. If you know what I mean. <laughs> um, but, yeah, welcome, like I said, to this uh, edition of Topics on My Mind. Make sure the volume is working. Oh, we've got the wrong remote there. <laughs> Um, but yeah, welcome guys. Really appreciate you tuning in. I mean, try to link this to some places that could check it out if they want. Put that there. Get down. Yeah, I almost had an issue with this today, this computer, because um, the the image you see here, I actually print. I typed that up on Microsoft Word, and uh, um, what happened is I wanted to, as I printed it out, and I wanted to scan it, right? I wanted to scan it, so I decided to try, test out 1200 DPI, and boy, was that a mistake, because it takes a while for it to even get the information. So I just went with the default 300 DPI, if you know what I mean. Yeah, but I went a little too high, if you will, with the DPIing, and, um, you know, it, it kind of cost me almost, but... Thankfully, that did not happen. That did not occur or, or anything. Um, anyway. Anyway, um, on to the topics at hand here uh, that we're going to talk about and all that as I um, 
put this here and this will allow me to probably test um, basically if you guys can hear me or not then I can check either way uh, one thing about the internet is that when you use it it's uh, it delays sometimes loading because it's like oh I gotta do this I gotta do that and I don't know it's just just weird that way there we go I don't know why it does that does that do that ever to you guys you know you get on the internet and it delays one thing because it's f focusing on another yeah maybe maybe it's just me I don't know you know maybe it's me I, I don't really know but um, anyway okay yeah see you guys There we go. I just wanted to make sure. Just want to make sure you guys are watching, and that'll allow me now to check on my history here. Okay, just making sure you're watching. Okay, guys, sorry about that. The thing disconnected. What my computer does at this time is it likes to do little virus scans, you know. I, I just wish computers nowadays would just pop it up and say, uh, doing virus scan, don't use your computer for the next five minutes or two minutes or something like that. We're doing a scan, you know. I wish it would just do that or something, you know what I'm saying? Does that ever do that to you? You're in the middle of something, like a live stream, and all of a sudden you get a disconnect, and then you're like, what's going on? And then it reconnects, and then you find out later, oh, it was a virus scan. That's basically what it is, <laughs> you know. Uh, but, yeah, it was loading. And I think it's also Hewitt-Packard sometimes. They send information and everything. But, like I was saying, six minutes in now, or seven minutes in. But, like I was saying, this is the uh, topics on my mind for today, the 24th of March, 2023. The second to last Friday in the month. Topics we're going to talk about, and like I said, if I can't read off the entire CM Punk thing, uh, which is the first topic we're going to go on, I'll do a video later on tonight uh, when my mom's resting and everything, and I'll do it then. If not, I'll provide a link to Alex you know, in this video at the end screen so you guys can check that out um, as well. But the topics we're going to talk about are CM Punk AEW News, Punk Shoots Via Instagram. And we're going to get into that. That was really interesting. Number two, Naomi of uh, WWE, not lo no longer with WWE. She walked out last year with Sasha Banks, a.k.a. Mercedes Monet. And now she's going by Trinity Star for future independent wrestling bookings. Maybe a signing with AEW. Who knows? Number three, Sawtooth Waves. No longer part of the MLP My Little Pony community because of ties to a minor over the past five, past four to five years. We'll talk about that. <coughs> Excuse me. Number four, Scrooged, a Christmas Carol on Netflix, the new Christmas Carol they did, the musical one, proves a shape-shifting female can work in a main role. We'll talk about that. Number five, Sonic Frontiers director is interested in bringing in Sally Acorn, Bunny Robot, and the rest of the Freedom Fighters. And number six, this just recently happened. 
Sources confirmed to The Hollywood Reporter the real reason why Victoria Alonso left Marvel Studios Disney. She was fired over her Oscar-nominated Argentina 1985 for breach of contract with Disney because Argentina 1985 was an Amazon film. So yes, we're going to get into all of that. Hopefully you guys can hear me. Let me double check here. Make sure you didn't lose anything. All right. But yeah, we're going to get into all of that. Let me again double check for a second, guys. Okay, just making sure you guys can hear me. So, starting off, and again, I do apologize for any interruption. Starting off with the CM Punk AEW news. Now, and it says Punk shoots via Instagram. Now, yesterday, what was interesting is CM Punk. CM Punk, who uh, last worked for AEW last year before he had to go off with an injury and possible suspension along with that because of the uh, media brawl or not. Well, basically the media, the all-out brawl-out that happened during the media scrum. uh, After he was done talking during the the press conference, there was a brawl or something like that uh, that occurred. Uh, He basically shot yesterday via Instagram. He basically called out AEW. He called Chris Jericho a liar and a stooge. Called out Dave Meltzer, a very uh, very well-known wrestling um, analysis who, you know, gives his up. who's known for being a part of the Wrestling Observer and gives his opinion on what he sees or what he hears and is most well known for giving out 5-star, 6-star, or 7-star ratings based on the matches that he watches. Well, well, basically, and I just got a uh, tweet there. I don't know why I got a tweet there. Uh, But anyway, long story short, uh, Punk basically, um, Punk basically uh, shot on all of them. He shot on all of them. Basically, like I say, called out the company, shot on Chris Jericho, shot on Dave Meltzer, uh, you name it. Um, and there is uh, evidence of that also. I'll provide a link in the description after this is said and done. You guys can check it out. But yeah, he basically shot on the entire AEW I wouldn't say the entire roster, but he shot on, you know, some Pacific people when it comes to All Elite Wrestling and even those with ties to All Elite Wrestling and all that. But then Five Full Select, one of the more reliable uh, resources out there, came out with this article. I have it in my hand. And they got it categorized. um, They got it categorized like this. It says CM Punk talks with AEW. Well, it's not CM Punk talks with AEW, but it's basically CM Punk, that's the title of it, talks with AEW, Moxley, Heat, Injury Update, NJPW, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and Brawl Out, which was the all-out media scrum. And this is what uh, Fightful had to say, and and I quote, Things got cooking with CM Punk and All Elite Wrestling again. When Punk posted an Instagram story on March 23rd, Fightful had already been working on an expansive CM Punk update, but that gave us more more to ask about. And here's where it gets interesting. They categorized all this. They say, first, Moxley and Punk. In the post, CM Punk confirmed a Fightful Select report from last fall that John Moxley pitched an idea of uh, pitched an, pitched the idea of CM Punk losing in a quick squash before the all-out match. 
Those familiar with the situation say that Punk had communicated that he wasn't comfortable with competing in any capacity without being cleared first for the August 24th match. There had been issues regarding the creative throughout the build to, to the match, and Fightful had reported that there were concerns that Punk wouldn't be at the August 17th Dynamite as well. You know, as well. However, we were told, um, as I just scratched into my eye there, uh, however, we were told that special travel arrangements were made to accommodate Punk the day of the match. And Punk had at least floated the idea of additional refurbishment for the match. As he was working, uh, as he was working without being cleared per his claims, we've heard subsequently John Moxley and Punk have appeared or have appeared to have heat based on those that Moxley has spoken to after brawlout. Moxley helped lead a locker room meeting in the days after with Chris Jericho, who was also build a build a liar and a stooge in the Punk. In the Punk Instagram post, Brian Danielson also led the me- meeting, but wasn't mentioned. Uh, okay, let me reread that. It says Moxley helped a locker room meeting in the days after the uh, in the days after with Chris Jericho, who was also called a "quote unquote" stooge, liar, and stooge in the Punk IG post Instagram post. Brian Danielson also led the meeting, but wasn't mentioned, and we haven't heard of any heat between Danielson and Punk. Jericho and Punk shouted at each other after the brawl-out fight took place, with Jericho calling Punk a cancer and Punk shouting back at Jericho. Those in AEW believed that if things came down to a Moxley or Punk situation, that AEW picked Moxley in in that decision. Punk is very aware of the heat on him and the possibility of talent walking out should he return, but we haven't heard his feelings on it. Some of the heat has certainly died down since All Out 2022, but there's plenty... that still remains. So that's one thing there. And apparently, you know, what they're getting at is there's still some issues there, but hopefully it'll be worked out. Now, they categorize with Punk and AEW. <clears throat> and I quote, and I quote, well, for a sec, and I quote, AEW and CM Punk have had some contact. In fact, some close to Punk claimed that he and Tony Khan have spoken or had a couple of meetings, though they they weren't sure what, if anything, came from them. We do know that there was a planned meeting for mid-February that was delayed supposedly due to Jerry Jarrett's funeral, Jerry Jarrett being the father of Jeff Jarrett. At one point, those close to Punk believed that he wanted out of his contract without a non-compete attached. However, in recent weeks, they believed that Punk was open to returning to AEW and even wanted to. In an important note, at least one person claimed that Punk was willing to apologize for the scrum portion of of the all-out evening. There was a lot of context absence from that claim, specifically to whom or whether it be publicly or privately. Several people said that Punk has expressed some form of regret for aspect of that night in general. Now, that's a good sign if, you know, that's what, if there's any truth to that. Uh, sources said that Punk was originally considering the potential of legal action, but haven't heard anything about that being uh, broached, uh, uh, broached in months. In fact, those that we spoke with felt like there had been quote-unquote productive progression in the opposite direction. However, sources within AEW that we spoke to lost confidence uh, that Punk would be returning after the March 23rd Instagram post. 
Punk does remain under contract with AEW. We've inquired as to whether or not there was ever a suspension or pay docking involved, but traditionally AEW has paid out wrestlers where they were injured regardless. Punk has not responded to email inquiries about the story. Now, let's see if there's any, if I can get any more here. Okay. Uh, Hangman Page and CM Punk. Here's what, here's part of it. The issues with Hangman and CM Punk dated back to before the AEW Double or Nothing match. To the point where we were told that Punk ended up having a meeting with AEW officials. We were told that Punk had expressed his frustrations regarding Hangman Page's comments during a promo that Punk believed referenced Colt Cabana. And wasn't satisfied uh, with the resolution. I'm sorry, I hit the headset there. Uh, wasn't satisfied with the resolution or lack thereof. This led him to calling out Hangman Page months later upon his return. Those that we've heard from claim that Page makes an effort to remove himself uh, from the situation and has tried to move past it. And that is a good thing when it comes to basically wanting to try to move on. And hello, Zach G. Thank you for coming in. Uh, injury update. They gave an injury update. As far as CM Punk's injury status, he tore his tri triceps at AEW All Out before the scrum. Those with the knowledge of the situation said that he was hopeful he could be health fully healthy by a late January, but believed that he'd now be able to be cleared, if not now, very soon. There were some asking about him filming for Heels Season 2 since he posted a picture from the set recently, but that season reportedly wrapped last July. The Brawl Out the true accounts of Brawl Out will likely never be known unless Punk and the Elite got together and explained in detail, which is unlikely. However, we've learned a little bit more about this, that situation. There were other talent that who were present at the time of the Brawl, but did not you know, get physically involved and therefore weren't suspended. However, there was another production employee who ended up getting struck with a chair that hadn't been previously revealed. There were some rumors... There were some rumors recently that Punk and Kenny Omega had a conversation a few days after, which isn't true. By then, Punk was set for surgery, and Kenny Omega already had other plans. However, Punk and Omega did have a brief conversation after the brawl out fight in the immediate moments after, uh, following. Punk was said to have, have told Omega that the issue wasn't with him. Those that were nearby said that the two were going to continue talking. But a steal was still being dealt with at that point. Uh, even those close with Punk claimed that Omega was surprisingly composed during the aftermath. Omega had been scheduled to go to Japan to the Tokyo or to do to to do the Tokyo Game Show work for AEW, but due to suspension, ended up taking a personal trip over there. New Japan Pro Wrestling and NJPW, and it says, and I quote. Those that we spoke with in New Japan Pro Wrestling were not aware that CM Punk was going to attend the Battle in the Valley show, but said they would have welcomed him uh, regardless. Sources say uh, sources in New Japan just didn't want AEW to think they were conspiring against a partner, which was, which was cleared up quickly. The only people who acknowledged Punk was going to be uh, going to be at New Japan and Battle in the Valley show were. Lars Fredrickson, who went with, who he went with, uh, Lou D'Angeli, known as uh, Louis Dangerously in AEW, and current VP of Marketing for Anthem, and Rob Naylor, 
and Rob Naylor. Frickerson Ferguson was at, uh, had asked Rocky Romero if he and a friend could attend the show back in January and was set up without NGPW knowing it'd be Punk with him. We're told that Punk wanted to go to the show and so and show wanted to go to the show and show support for Mercedes Monet's debut in New Japan. That's pretty, which is pretty cool on his part. They do have notes here that finish it off saying Fightful Select reached out to both AEW and CM Punk for the story, but did not hear back from either in official capacity. Well, CM Punk, you won't get anything from AEW may. But yeah, it's really interesting that situation right there to where it seems. That, you know, we might be getting CM Punk back in AEW, possibly in the very near future. When and where that takes place is up to both sides. Uh, again, there has been speculation whether or not, you know, members of the roster would want him back. Especially after his recent Instagram post, which he, you know, deleted afterwards. Um, so, we'll have to see what happens. I mean, many are speculating that last, uh, not last night, but Wednesday night's angle with the Bucks. Uh, is part of CM Punk coming back because, you know, when you look at one picture, I think Alex put this up, just Alex on his Facebook page, which is which goes by Alex's World. Uh, there's a picture of the AEW production truck driving into the uh, parking lot of the arena uh, to help set up thing to help set up things for inside, and on there you see CM Punk's face in the middle. But then when they open the show, we see that same production truck, or at least one like it, and CM Punk's face is covered up. So, you know, a lot of people are theorizing that that may have something to do with what happened with the Bucks. And that's that's just an indication that CM Punk's coming back and he may join the Blackpool Combat Club. We're not really sure. But yeah, it seems that... Hold on for a sec. It seems that... Um, this CM Punk AEW situation is, you know, far from over. It seems that it's far from over. And, you know, that we may, you know, we may basically, as I'm just checking something here uh, on my computer, and that we may possibly get more answers eventually, hopefully positive answers and results um, as the weeks and months go on. But we'll have to see. We'll have to see what happens between both parties. Again, you know, we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. I mean, he might be cool with Moxley. He might be cool. He's obviously cool with Omega. But when it comes to Chris Jericho and others in the locker room, that's that's another that that's just a wait and see uh, situation. And hopefully, if he comes back, Tony Khan. You know, will be you will put his fan persona, his fan side of his, you know him being the owner aside, and focus on more like being a boss and try to squash this before it gets any worse. We'll have so we'll have, but but uh, hope, but we'll have to see. Like I said, we'll have to just you know sit back and see what what the next you know steps are going to be um, in this progression of between CM Punk and AEW and whether or not he will be back or pretty much he's done with the company. But yeah, we'll have to see. We'll have to see what, you know, where they go with this. And, you know, really that's, that's really all I can say. Um, again, you know, I'll provide, um, you know, a link at the end here 
you know, to Alex's video because apparently we're on YouTube, you got to wait 12 hours or so before you can put anything on the end screen here. But yeah, I'll provide a link here at the end to Alex's video. You can check that out. You know, he did a live video on the whole situation. So you can listen to what he has to say, you know, and he'll give his thoughts on it as well. But yeah, it looks, again, there's obviously the, you know, it's a wait and see situation. And, you know, that's, that's all I can say on it. Whether he comes back or not, you know, there are clues that it looks like he's coming back. But, you know, you know, is it going to be uh, positive for the locker room? You know, what's going to, you know, what will the uh, aftermath be if he makes his return? We'll have to see. We'll have to see. But, yeah, that's pretty much about it for that topic right there. Now, on to uh, the next topic here, which is Naomi no longer with WWE, going by Trinity Star now. Now, in case you guys don't know, um, Naomi, who is the wife of, I think it's Jimmy or Jay. I think it's Jay Uso. Or Jimmy Uso. I think it's Jay Uso, isn't it? Um, anyway, uh, she and Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet, the one that CM Punk went to Battle in the Valley to support, walked out of the company last week because of a disagreement over creative. Uh, apparently, long story short, they were being booked to uh, participate in a Fatal Five-Way uh, for a shot at the Raw Women's Championship, which meant they were going to go up against each other. And that didn't work for them. They didn't like it. They, didn't li they weren't fond of the idea of, so we're the tag champs. You promised you put emphasis on the tag titles. We work together, stuff like... You know, basically, it's a, basically, it's a whole documented situation that I basically recommend going onto YouTube and checking out because there's a lot of people that talk about it and document it and have documented it. But basically they didn't like the idea of uh, essentially, you know, having to work against each other and, you know, not being and not having a promise of the tag division, the women's tag titles being given more importance. Uh, they weren't fond of the fact that that promise was being broken and it was just something to put them together as a tag team to give them something to do and now they're going to be put against each other. So, yeah, it's just a whole mess and everything right there. Just a whole mess, um, if you will. So they walked out and nobody knew exactly what was happening. There was talk that they might come back. You know, now that Triple H is running things uh, creatively and booking-wise, uh, but nothing came of it. And then, of course, we find out Mercedes Monet, Sasha Banks, is signed with New Japan. And that deal is a short-term deal, which means it's coming up, um, possibly, if they don't extend it, uh, at the end of next month. Uh, so she could end up going anywhere, probably back to WWE. We're not really sure. Uh, but Naomi, you know, she's basically came out recently, in the past couple of days, and has said, uh, I'm done. I'm no longer with WWE, and I'm going to go now by Trinity Star. Not Trinity, not Trinity Fatu, uh, that would be given away who she's connected with, but by Trinity Star. And she's using that name for bookings outside of WWE, like on the independents and stuff. And maybe even a potential signing with other companies like a New Japan and Stardom. Or maybe even with um, AEW or, you know, Impact Wrestling or MLW. So she's going by Trinity Star now. And... Um, to me, I look at this and I'm like, okay, more power to you, Naomi, or Trinity, more power to you. Hopefully you'll get a better opportunity, a better run, wherever you get, you know, signed 
you know, from a major promotion standpoint. Hopefully, you'll get a bit better opportunity, you know, better treatment. But I would not be surprised that if Triple H sees this, and I'm sure he's heard of it, that he doesn't come out and say, hey, hey, you know, Trinity, we want you to come back. And she might refuse at first because she's hearing all these things that we're hearing. And, you know, Triple H, he's got a way with, you know, convincing you to come back. He'll be like, look, we'll let you be Trinity Fatu. We'll let you go by your real name. And we'll let you have creative say what happens. You know, he'll have a, he'll have a way to try to get her back, uh, if you will. Knowing him, but right now it seems that she's going to venture out on her own. And you know, if she ends up with New Japan and stardom, maybe that convinces Mercedes to stay with them because hey, one of her best friends, one of her teammate, team part, tag team partners from WWE is coming in to work with her, you know, not just as a team but as a possible competitor. I think that's great. I think she'd be a great pickup for AEW's women's division. I mean, you put her, you bring her in, you make her part of the outcast. That'd be great too. You know, that's something. Uh, Impact could definitely utilize her, in my opinion. You know, as a great asset to the uh, women's division. I mean, you got Rebellion coming up. What better opportunity to debut a new talent, you know, former WWE talent, than than there? So. She's got a lot of opportunities ahead of her now that she's going under Trinity Star. Uh, how long that's going to be, don't really know. But um, we'll have to, we'll have, like I said, with the CM Punk situation, I think it's more of a wait and see um, a deal. And honestly, if I'm going to be honest with you, I do see her signing with a major company uh, before the summer, before we get to the summer. That's what I, well, I'll put it this way. I see her signing with a major company that is not WWE before the summer, and I do. And if she doesn't, I do see her coming back with to WWE during the summer. That's what I see. Hold on for a sec. Hello. Hello. may have to pause in a little bit. Sorry about that, guys. Like I told you, she was going to call, and she's already home. She just <laughs> decided to come straight home. But anyway, getting back on topic here. Uh, like I said, uh, Naomi, uh, Trinity Star, um, look, I'll, in closing, I'll say it like this. I think she will, sign, um, she will sign with a major company that's not WWE before the summer, but if not, I see her going back to WWE during the summer. I, I could see that. So, you know, I would not, I would not put it past her to not, you know, um, you know, not be with a major company before the year is out, in my opinion. 
But yeah, that's all I'm going to say on that. But best of luck to Trinity Star, Trinity Fatu, Naomi, um, as she you know gets ready to start this new chapter of her her career. All right, so number three, and this will probably be the last one for a bit, guys. I'm probably going to pause this. What I'll do is I'll add chapters. Um, that's the one thing I can do is add some chapters and everything. Uh, some chapter numbers so you guys could check it out if there's any like long pause and all that. And the long pause will probably be just about 30 minutes maybe or 15 minutes, 30 minutes. Uh, I basically got to help her out with her stuff and, and things like that. But anyway, uh, number three here. Sawtooth Waves, no longer part of the My Little Pony community because of ties to a minor over the past four to five years. Now, in case you guys don't know who Sawtooth Waves is, he is a, he was a prominent uh, YouTuber, um, a brony YouTuber here for the MLP community. He would give reviews, theories, analysis, and all that on um, certain um, characters, storylines, episodes, stuff like that. And he had been doing it since he was also known as Brony Nation. Well, recently it's come out that he was involved with, you know, not physically or in person, but basically, uh, I, I guess you could say uh, virtually, in a will, in a way, I should say virtually, uh, with a minor. Yeah, he was involved virtually with a minor uh, that was apparently, according to uh, several uh, YouTube videos that have talked about this, um was obsessed, I guess. I, I, I guess that's probably the best way to say it. Had become, you know, a fan, if not an obsessive fan, of, you know, you know, of, you know, of Sawtooth Waves Brony Nation. And they had been basically, long story short, they have been going back and forth, uh, talking and everything, becoming online friends and, you know, as the years went on, becoming a little bit more than online friends and stuff, uh, to the point, uh, to the point that it seemed to get a little, you know, a little disturbing, if you will. And uh, long story short, basically the girl, at you know, she as the years went on, as she got to an a coming of age, which is eighteen. Uh, I guess she finally realized that this was the wrong thing to do or take part in. I mean, even when her, I mean, her mom, even when she was under 18 over the past few years, saw that something was not right here and all that. And she said, look, this is, this is enough here. Enough. This is, this is enough. You are done. You're not going to take part in this anymore. And, um, she basically, her mom basically would take her phone away. She would, you know, limit her and all that. But like I said, as time went on and she got finally, you know, you know, of age, she basically realized that she made a mistake, you know. And long story short, you know, Sawtooth, I, 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 I'm not trying to put, I'll put, I'll put it this way. If so, I'll put it this way. Sawtooth Brony Nation, Sawtooth Waste Brony Nation, if he knew better at the start, because that's what it sounded like when with people talking about this. He should have ended it right there. He should have said, look, I appreciate you being a fan of mine and wanting to be friends. That's not a problem. But uh, I'm older than you, and we need to stop this. We need to stop this or something like that. And I think, honestly, 
you know, so I think honestly the blame goes both ways. I mean, a lot of the blame, uh, you know, from the way you, from a lot of people who have looked at it, does go on Sawtooth because, you know, despite knowing that, you know, this girl had wanted to become more with him, um, you know, despite being him being older, that he should have, that he should have known better. He should have stopped it right then and there. Uh, but he didn't. He kept just, I guess, letting it happen and everything. And as some people looked at grooming her, and it's like, you know, when she finally woke up and realized, I guess, that, oh, you know, oh shoot, what I'm doing is wrong here. Um, you know, she, you know, she, I guess, th- I don't know, threatened to have his channel taken down or expose him or, no, she threatened to, ex- I guess, expose him or something. And he surprisingly took it upon himself to say, nope. Please don't do that. You know, this channel means a lot to me. And so instead of her reporting him and, you know, I guess things coming from that, he, I, I, from what I'm understanding, took it upon himself and he he basically blacked out his channel, took down every, his channel's still there. I don't know if it's completely deactivated, but his channel's blacked out. No, nothing's up there. Everything's taken down. He deleted his Discord, deactivated his Discord, deactivated his Patreon. He's gone out and apologized uh, for what's happened, even, I guess, sound, making it sound like that he's taking a responsibility. And, yeah, um, all I can say, say about that is I do agree, from what I understand, and just explain it myself, that he does take most of the blame. But I think this girl also needs to take some of this blame because... She should have known better. You know, I understand that, you know, mental health-wise, you know, you want something, you want someone or something that's going to comfort you. And I guess to her, Sartooth was the next, was the best thing to, to comfort her. But yeah, you know, she has to take some of the blame here. She really does. And I say that with all due respect, no offense. She has to take some of the blame because she's the one that originally wanted to try to become something more with him. And he knew better. But knowing better, he also takes the blame, a lot of it, for not, you know, you know, realizing that as soon as she mentioned that, he should have been like, uh, yeah, I need to cut cut you off here, you know, before this gets any worse. So, yeah. Another uh, well-known, unfortunately, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to make this quick because I'm going to probably do the second half later on. But, yeah, unfortunately, another well-renowned uh, YouTuber... Um, bites the dust. Bites the dust because of this kind of a situation. Uh, the most notable one uh, before him was Toon Critic. Uh, Toon Critic. And, um, yeah, that was a big that was a big one. That was even worse than this because Toon Critic had a lot of connections with very notable uh, bronies and Pegasisters in the MLPYT uh, YouTube community like Firebrand, Lightning Bliss, Dr. Wolf, Silver Quill. Yeah, it was that was that's a lot worse than what this is because at least here you have the the accuser or the accused uh, taking responsibility somewhat and their actions and basically taking down what basically was a source of finance financial uh, income uh, to pay for their sins. But yeah, I look at it this way: both both. Uh, uh, both deserve to take the the blame of this, you know. I will admit, Sawtooth Burning Nation more so than this girl. But yeah, it's like, 
unfortunately, like I said, another brony sister in the MLP uh, fan base and community bites the dust because of this kind of stuff. And, you know, it's a shame. This guy, was, I liked this guy's videos and, you know, I enjoyed his content. But yeah, this this is something that needs to stop. Something needs to stop. But anyway, that's all I'm going to say on it, guys. And I'm going to take a break right now. I'm not going to turn this off or anything, but I'm going to take a break. And I will be right back. It might be a longer break, so I do apologize. But I will put some... Um, I will put basically some chapters in here. So I will be right back. I'll be right back, guys. Gonna put, I will put timestamps so you guys can check it out.
I said, guys, I'll be right back. Timestamps will be uh, utilized.
timestamps will be given, guys. Do not worry.
Alright, sorry about the delay guys. Like I said, I'm going to put some chapters on here. I know it's kind of annoying when I have to do that, but <laughs> as you can tell, it takes a bit, you know, when you live with uh, your parents, you know, to help them out and everything. So, I will be back and I will provide chapters, don't worry.
like I said, guys, I'll be right back. I will provide chapters. I know it's long, so I do apologize. That being the break, that is.
Okay, guys. Um, again, hopefully we'll provide a chapter here for you guys. I may do a little mini chapter in a moment too, so I do apologize. Just keeping an eye on things here. Okay, hold on for a sec. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah, I got it. Okay, I do apologize. Hold on for a sec, guys. So, next I'll provide chapters when I get to the next one. I know it's a long wait. I do apologize. Just give some popcorn here. Hold on. Gotta set myself up a little bit. I do apologize. Um, again, I do apologize, guys, for a bit of a delay. I know it's a long delay. Um, so what happens when you live, like I said, with your parents and they don't kind of have a, a grasp of live streaming or anything like that. So, you know, you want to be careful about what you do. You know what I'm saying? Um, anyway, uh, excuse me.
like I said, I'll probably put chapters here, and if you're listening audio-wise, you'll see the numbers we can go to on the thing. Yeah, you can check it out yourselves and all that. Um, hold on. So I do apologize. Hold on. Okay, sorry guys. This is I, I know it's a little frustrating. Trust me, I'm not the only one that does a live stream and then they t take a break for a while. I mean, I know that uh, one of the people I follow, just Alex, Alex's world, uh, he does that at times. You know, he'll take, he used to take, he probably still does take a break at times to where it goes for an extended longer time than he intended. And then he has to come back, and that's why I think he started to divide things into chapters, just in case that happens. So you can just get to the um, certain topics that, you know, um, he's talking about and you're more interested in. But, anyway, so we left off with number three, right? The third topic. Alright, so this is going to be timestamped probably uh, in a minute. Hold on, let's give it about an eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. This will be timestamped at an hour and 24 minutes. Uh, this one... We're going to talk about Scrooged, A Christmas Carol on Netflix, proves a shape-shifting female character can work in a main role. Now, I have to give a shout-out to Cell, to Cell Pex. Cell Pex. Um, she did her worst of 2022 list, worst to best 2022 list, well, basically the worst portion of it. And she put this on as a part of that, and... What she did compliment about the Scrooge movie, about this adaptation of A Christmas Carol, was the fact, uh, you know, was was the fact of how they used uh, the spirit characters, if you will. How to utilize the, the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. So, she did appreciate that. She did appreciate that. Um, anyway, anyway, um, uh, long story short, she, not only did she appreciate how they used the characters and all that in this adaptation, but she liked how, uh, the Ghost of Christmas Past was used. Um, the, the reason... The reason she liked it, and I think a lot of people did, was because it was a different take on using the Ghost of Christmas Past. We always know that, depending on certain you know adaptations, the Ghost of Christmas Past is associated with some kind of light, like a candle and, and stuff like that. So, she appreciated that she literally, the Ghost of Christmas Past, was literally a candle um, in this adaptation. 
and so she enjoyed about it that the ghost of Christmas past is literally a, a candle um, in this adaptation if you will so anyway anyway um, hold on for a sec anyway because she appreciated you know how the ghost of Christmas past was you used as a literal candle um, in this female candle and what she did like about it was the fact that uh, the all the ghosts basically morphed into one another like you know, when the ghost of Christmas past's time was up, and the way she fell apart and everything, she fell apart, and her flame, what remained of her, became the essence for the ghost of Christmas present. And then when the ghost of Christmas pa present's time was up, their dying basically became the metaphoric uh, transformation into the ghost of Christmas yet to come. You know, ghost of Christmas future, that is. Um, um, anyway, anyway, what she liked about, uh, the ghost of Christmas present, oh, not present, but Christmas past, was, like I said, she was literally a candle. She was literally a candle made of wax. But what she liked about it, and even if you watch part of the movie, uh, Ghost of Christmas Present says it herself, by putting the ghost of Christmas present, you know, in this role, uh, you know, or representing, or represented in this manner, she could literally become anything she wants to be. I mean, she even said, you know, the ghost of Christmas past it is in this adaptation, that she could become anyone uh, Scrooge thinks of, or anybody Scrooge knows. So, um, anyway... Anyway, you know, and but anyway, what I'm trying to say is I'm trying to keep an eye on things here. Um, that's literally what happens. You know, she changes into uh, different people that Scrooge knows. She changes into the ghost of Marley, into Scrooge himself, into other people they encounter, stuff like that. And when I saw this, I was like, this... This here to me is the perfect example that if you uh, put a female character in in this role, in this environment, as a shapeshifter, that could become anything or anyone, that it can work. And I, I looked at how they displayed the Ghost of Christmas uh, past here, and I was like, you know, this works you know this works because you know we hear rumors and you know discussions of upcoming films shows focused on female shapeshifters maybe uh, one being the female version of a plastic man show or movie I think that uh, last I checked was still um, you know still in the works over at Warner Brothers I think I'm not really sure hold on for a sec getting some popcorn there. 
Like I said, last I checked, was in the works still. You know, at one of us. And again, what got caught people's attention is the fact that she would be, is that the movie, show, whatever it is, would be female led. And, you know, whether that means, um, You know, whether that means, you know, the, the plastic, the person with the uh, plastic man characters would be female, be a plastic woman, or be a companion, we don't know. We also know that the metal men is in the works, and that's mainly shapeshifters, mostly the, you got platinum with the female character, is the main shapeshifter, so we'll have to see what they do there. But, like I said, you, I, when I see this, and I see how much fun they allow the character to have, you know, but also put them in a serious environment, you know, as far as the story goes, I'm like, this can, this is an example of what could work, of what could work, and I think, obviously, you know, if Warner Brothers, you know, if Warner Brothers basically, uh, excuse me, does this with their, um, Platinum character in the Metal Men movie, and Swells do this with their female led plastic, female led plastic man, plastic woman uh, project, and most and mostly if it is just plastic woman and not plastic man, um, and they just let them have a little bit of fun, but also balance it out to where they have that fun, but they also are part of a serious situation and an environment that needs to be taken seriously. I think honestly, I think honestly, you know, the the uh, the the uh, possibility is unlimited, in my opinion. You know, really, it is unlimited, in my opinion, of what they could do with a character in that role, in any other future role, um, if you will. So I, I can see what they can do. You know, I can see what they can do, do. You know, from you know a potential situ from a potential basis, if you will. Oh crap! My finger hit the mic a little harder. Like I was saying, like, but the potential I think, you know, that this shows that this characterization of the Ghost of Christmas Past and this Scrooge Christmas Carol movie on animated film musical film on Netflix, the way she like I said, the way she's represented. You know, again, the potential that shows, I think again, if you know, Warner Brothers you know, if they're still working on the female-led Plastic Man, Plastic Woman movie, along with, you know, the Metal Men, Metal Men series or movie that they're doing, I think, honestly, I think, honestly, with the shape-shifting female characters, leads, if you will, they could do a lot. They could do a lot with it, especially if they follow this structure of 
have a character using their powers to, you know, help, you know, help out in a serious situation, but also have fun with it. Also have fun with it. So, yeah, this definitely, to me, even though it's just for the story, shows that a female character with shape-shifting powers in a main role, especially a lead role, can work. It can work. And honestly, I cannot wait to see what, you know, studios will look at that and say, hey, you know, what they did here with this uh, interpretation of Chris the Christmas Past, we can use that with our, our shape-shifting female characters and, and all that in our projects. And again, the possibilities are there. The the fun that they can have with the character and for the character and allow the character to have, I think, is, you know, just, you know, mind-blowing, you know, of what, you know, could be done, honestly. All right. So with that said, on to our next topic. On to our next topic, which is Sonic Frontiers director is interested in bringing Sally Acorn, Bunny Rabbit, and the rest of the Freedom Fighters in uh, eventually. Basically into the mainstream, into the games, maybe the shows, stuff like that. But yeah, apparently the director behind Sonic Frontiers, not the writer, which was Ian Flynn, writer, co-writer, but the director has come out and said that he is intrigued. He is interested in bringing in Sally. He's interested in bringing in Bunny and the rest of the Freedom Fighters. Rotor, Antron, Lupe, maybe, who knows. Uh, into the main, into the mainstream uh, Sonic game world and spin-off media. And honestly, I think that's great. I think that's great to hear about. Um, you know, obviously we're in a time now to where even Sega Japan is having a changing of the guard. And they're like, you know, look... You know, we can't be, you know, living in the past anymore. We've got to uh, basically move forward and embrace even the Western and Eastern, the Western and European uh, versions of our characters, of our franchise. And it looks like that's what they're doing here. And I honestly think it's a great, I think it's a great move on their part. I really do. Now, there is rumors and word going around that if they do get into, let's say, the IDW comic, that they'd be more closer to possible the game to the possible game characterizations. Uh, what that means, I don't know. Uh, I would assume it probably means something similar to what we have with the reboot, or the soft reboot in Archie Comics. They have that design that makes them feel more like you know closer to the games. So we'll have to see. But yeah, it's it's nice to hear that even the director. You know, somebody that's part of Sonic's uh, Sega Sonic team in Japan, you know, is intrigued and interested in bringing the characters on board because, like I said, we're in this time frame that I don't think a lot of us thought we would be in, you know, with with Sonic. I don't think any of us thought we'd be, you know, in this time frame where we'd be able to eventually see the day where Sega would be more lenient on how their characters are used, like the easing up on how Shadows wrote in um, the comics, like IDW and all that. Uh, the possibly being less restrictive if not lifting the, the restriction on Sonic having a love interest, which opens the door for a Sonic Amy deal or a Sonic Blaze or Sonic uh, Lanolin, you know, situation, or even Sonic and Sally, you know, to officially happen, and all the past ships as well to become official. 
you know, and that took place in other sonic uh, media. You know, to so to see them allowing that all that to potentially, if not definitely, uh, happen, I think's great. I think it's just great on their part because they're realizing, like a lot of people have been pointing out, you know, they cannot be living in the past anymore. They can't. Because if they live in the past, it's going to hurt them instead of help them. So I like the fact that they are embracing more of the sonic media that's west of them and not within their own home country. So I'm glad we're seeing that. And yeah, to, to hear that the director is invested in bringing in Sally, Bunny, Rotor, Antoine, Dulce, Lupe, you name it, to join along the si likes of Sonic, Amy, Tails, and Knuckles, and, and Rouge, and Shadow, it's like... You know, I'm all for it. I'm there. I'm there for it. I am all for it. And I cannot wait for that day to come. You know, to where, you know, possible surprise DLC is an A. Now you can finally officially play as Sally. Or now you can officially play as Bunny. Or something like that. So, I can't wait. I can't wait for that day to come. And I know I'm not alone in feeling that way. I know I'm not alone in feeling that way. But, yeah. Let me know what your guys' thoughts are uh, in the comments as well as in the live chat right now. How do you feel about that ad and everything? And do you think, you know, the day will come maybe before this year is out or even next year? Again, as I've said before with the previous topics, this is a wait-and-see situation. But I've got a feeling if it happens, you know, I'm all there. I'm all there for it. And I know the entire fan base would be there for it um, as well. But let me know what your thoughts are. Let me know what your thoughts are. All right. So, with that said, we get on to our last topic here, which is a topic that kind of broke today. And we're doing this um, at an hour and 40 and 20 seconds. But basically, sources confirmed, this is the sixth and final topic, Sources confirmed to The Hollywood Reporter the real reason why Victoria Alonso left Marvel, uh, Marvel Studios slash Disney, Disney. She was fired over her Oscar-nominated Argentina 1985 for breach of contract with Disney because Argentina 1985 was an Amazon film. Yeah, so apparently it wasn't just, you know, a, a culmination, which a lot of people still look at of her being bossy, her being overwhelming, overbearing, demanding, manipulative, and all that. But it was also the fact that she breached her contract. Yeah. She breached her contract with Disney, and she decided, while she was still working with Disney and Marvel Studios, as the person right below Kevin Feige, if you will, the who, you know, at a time was looked at as the era apparent to the throne, you know, that being her to, to Feige if he ever left. Hold on for a second, guys.
Okay, guys, sorry about that. Uh, I may have to mini-chapter that part. <laughs> I do apologize. Um, but yeah, apparently she was in breach of a contract because when she made the movie with Amazon, Argentina in 85, you know, she was still working, like I said, with, with Marvel, with, with Kevin Feige and Disney. And, you know, she was basically the heir apparent to the throne if Feige ever stepped away. Or at least that's how she was being built up as, as some people was, you know, looked at. Uh, looked at it, you know, that she was being built up in that, you know, capacity. So, uh, hold on for a sec. Just getting more popcorn, I do part of it. But like I said, she was being looked at as potentially being in that position of if Kevin Feige would step down. She would take over. But again, she's also been, you know, accused of the fact that, you know, she was manipulative, you know, very bossy, very demanding, overbearing, overwhelming. And apparently that, according to a lot of people, you know, culminated, culminated in her being let go, you know, on top of the real reason she was let go, which was her breach of contract. Well, that's how some people are interpreting it. Like, you know, now we're going to kind of get like the real full scope of it, like the real details. Um, but, you know, in reality, you know, there's we obviously people see that there is more to it. That they see that, yeah, you know, the Argentina 85 deal. Yeah, that's a big reason, a legit reason, you know, because that's breaching her deal with with Marvel and Disney. But. There's the other reasons that you know that they're not going to come out and say, you know they're not going to come out and say, oh well, you know it is all these reasons that were rumored and reported, or they're not going to come out and say that. They're just going to say, what is the main, you know the main one that led to her uh, release, and apparently that's that's what led to it. And I here's my question, you know not my question, but here's my thoughts on that too. Along well here's my questionable thought on it. To start out, uh, what was she thinking? I mean, it obviously—I mean, this does obviously, you know, uh, prove one thing, uh, you know, as to why she got defensive the way she did when someone uh, referred to Kevin Feige, you know, as her boss and everything. And she went off and said, "Oh, he's not my boss. He's not my boss." So, you know, obviously, we should have known that there was something of something going on for her to go off the way she did and, and everything um when she knows better than that when she pretty much knows that yeah he is my boss because his boss is m my boss and thus he makes him him you know you kind of makes him her boss anyway you know i think i think a lot of people are probably suspicious that something something was going on but they weren't too uh they weren't too sure exactly what it what it could be, but obviously, you know, with her coming out and lashing out that way, and then now you get this report. Obviously, you know, obviously you put that all together, and it kind of, yeah, kind of correlates that it's not just you know, you know, it's not just um, what's being reported now officially. You know, her breach of contract is the reason. But it's also uh, apparently the fact that, 
you know, she basically didn't look at, you know, someone like Feige as her boss. She didn't, you know, and that basically also correlated with everything people pretty much were hearing, you know, her being everything that I've mentioned, manipulative, bossy, over-demanding, demanding, overwhelming, overbearing, stuff like that. Which, you know, when you add all that together along with this, this big, this big, huge news, if you will, that she breached her contract um, by going to work with Amazon on the Argentina 85 film, you know, I, honestly, honestly, I, again, I have to ask, you know, what was she thinking? You know, just because you tell people, oh, so-and-so is not my boss, when you know in reality they, they are, you don't just go out, you know, was you know, here's my thing. Was her agreeing to work with Amazon her way of getting out from under Feige? Like, did she know maybe this is going to cause her to lose her job? And maybe that's what she wanted because she didn't want to be bossed around. She wanted to be her own boss. Or she wanted a certain studio or company to make her the boss and put her in that Feige role. You know, was, was this part of her plan? You know, and that's why she breached her contract? We don't know. We may never know, but but yeah, it is one of those situations to where I'm like, again, lady, what are you thinking? Why would you decide to put your job at risk, if you will? Why would you decide to put your job at risk because, you know, what, because Amazon offered you more money or they gave you an offer of, hey, you come and work on this film with us and we'll make you the Kevin Feige of of our division and, and all that you know is, is you know is is that why you did it and is that why your response to somebody pointing out that Feige's your boss is that why you lashed out at them and said no he's not I mean I mean what what is it you know is it because Amazon's more supportive of, of still doing the woke cancel culture SJW kind of stuff you know, over Disney, who, like Warner Bros. Discovery, is trying to get away from it? I mean, I mean, what, I mean, tell, you know, tell us, you know, what's the reasoning? You know, what's the reasoning? And, look, we may not know the reasoning, you know, for some time, but I will say this. She, you know, she should have known better. Even if, again, she did this on purpose to get out of her contract knowing she was going to be fired, she should have known better. She should have taken more responsibility. Like, yeah, I want to do this, but she should have told Amazon, look, can you wait until my deal, until I can find a way to officially, legally get out of my contract with Disney and then I can come and help you? You know, couldn't she have done that? I think it would have been, made things more easier. But, you know, she didn't. And then on top of that, apparently at the Oscars, you know, she, instead of standing side by side with Mar with uh, people that represented the movie she worked on uh, behind the scenes at Marvel for the MCU, she's instead standing side by side with the people that she helped work together with on the Argentina 85 movie, uh, documentary, if you will. And that pretty much is, I think, honestly, is very telling. Like, uh, you know, if you... Look at that, and then you add in the fact that she did this, you know, uh, she did this basically, you know, 
I, I would assume with the knowledge she was going to breach a contract, I have to come to the conclusion I think she did it on purpose. I really do. I think she basically wanted to be her own boss, and she got sick and tired of working on the Feige, and uh, Feige's boss, and obviously she was hearing, you know, the word going around that Disney, like other studios, was going to go away from the woke influence, but Amazon was still strongly behind it, and she's like, hey, I'm, I'm going to go work for Amazon, I'll work on this film while I'm still in the contract, and I know it's going to get me fired from Disney, but you know what, it'll be worth it. And I think that's I think that's what she did. I think she went and did this on purpose. She had an idea. She had a plan to go, you know, do this um, to do this movie, this documentary, knowing that the, there was a good chance Disney would find out and they would fire her over it because she's doing it while she's still working for them for a rival studio. So I think. And my honest, my honest conclusion, guys, I think she knew what she was doing. Honestly, I really do. I think she knew what she was doing. She wasn't hiding it. She knew what she was doing. And she's probably sitting back smiling now and everything, thinking, hey, I'm out. I'm no longer working for Feige. And I'm going to hope. And I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, I'm assuming she's now going to work for Amazon and be put in that Feige role. Like, hey, now I'm the boss. I can say what I, I can say and do what I want over certain projects and everything. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe maybe she did it again. You know, maybe that's what she did. I don't know. You know, maybe that's what she did. I don't know. But I will say this. I will say this. Again, whatever her reasoning was, you know, she... Thoroughly thought this through, and that's why she took the offer to help out with the film, because she knew it was going to breach her contract, but allow her to not only be fired, but to be able to move on to some place that would put her in the Feige role that Feige has right now at Marvel and Disney. Or she just, you know, got sick and tired, and she just wanted to move on to other places because, you know, she didn't want and be her own boss instead of work under someone like Feige and Disney. We we don't know. We we may never know the answer. But my my honest opinion. My honest opinion, guys, I think, again, I think she did this. I think she planned this out. I think she knew what she was doing, planned it out, and she got what she wanted. No matter how Disney or Hollywood Reporter or Variety may spin it, she got what she wanted. She got what she wanted, and now she's going to probably be able to be her own boss, be the Kevin Feige of wherever she's going to be working out next because they're going to give her what she wants on a silver platter. That, or at least that's what it may seem like at first. But, yeah. Yeah, I think, honestly, in my opinion, I think she knew what she was doing. I think she pretty much she pretty much had this all planned out. But again, that's just me. That's just me. Uh, but let me know what your guys' thoughts are on it. I mean, what do you think? Do you think she pretty much knew what she was doing, had it all figured out? Or do you think maybe... Maybe she wasn't thinking, and she just figured, out oh, it's not going to hurt me. It's just one little project. What are your thoughts? Let me know in the comments um, down below. But anyway, though, guys, that's pretty much. Uh, that's pretty much as we're going to wait till we get to that hour and 54 time frame to 
basically say that is it guys that is it for today's um topics on my mind live stream for march 24th 2023 again i do apologize for the long abrupt break again i will provide chapter links here so you guys can check it out um or check out the topics in those areas without having to deal with the interruption and when you do get an audio podcast version of this at bw losses discussions you will get the chapters there so that even if you can't click on those chapter timestamps, you'll be able to know where to, to go for the next uh, topic. But guys, that's really all I'm going to say for now. Let me know what your thoughts are down below. Click on the upper left-hand corner uh, when it gets updated to check out my Teespring store and everything um, for merchandise you can't find anywhere else. Also support me at patreon.com says BWRoses with the $1 or $3 tier. Your Venmo at Brian-Walmer-2 and cash up at BWRoses98. But guys, thank you all for tuning in. And again, I do apologize for the abrupt interruption and everything, but there will be timestamps and chapters so you can check, you know, check out the topics in those areas. But guys, until next time, I will talk to you.